Hey, you're listening to Cut for Time, a podcast from Faith Church located on the north side of Indianapolis. My name is Claire Kingsley. Each week, I'll sit down with one of our preaching pastors to discuss their Sunday sermon. Cut for Time is a look behind the scenes of sermon preparation, and they'll share with us a few things that we didn't hear from the sermon on Sunday. Thanks for listening. Hey, Jeff, welcome back to Cut for Time. Claire, it is good to be together, especially it's a beautiful spring day. Uh, this is fantastic. Yeah. Have we turned the corner? Um, I would, I don't know. I'm scared to say yes. There was that snowstorm in April that we had um, two years ago. Oh, so I don't know. What do you think? I was just going to say, I'm, I'm, I know I'm tempting fate, but I'm about ready to put the snowblower back in our shed and take it out of the garage. I, I don't know. I don't know. But it is sunny. It's nice today. Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday was great too. Well, um, Jeff, why don't you give us a rundown or overview from your sermon on Sunday? Yeah. So we are continuing in uh, Matthew chapters 26 and 27 uh, for the series uh, season of Lent, looking at the last, really kind of last day of Jesus' life and uh, focusing in on all that he experienced, endured, and did for us, and the the pattern that he sets for us, and what we're calling the way of the cross. And this last week, we were looking at Jesus' trial, kind of a sham trial. He's been arrested in the garden and taken to the house of the high priest, and we looked at this really kind of unjust trial, uh, and then amazingly, Jesus' silence in the face of all these false accusations. Uh, And then at the end, the climax of Jesus acknowledging at the same time that he actually really is the the coming judge and king. He's the son of God. He's the son of man. He's the one who will be seen seated at the right hand of glory, coming on the clouds in, in judgment to uh, redeem and restore and bring about the new heavens and the new earth. And that just, you know, if he wasn't in trouble already, uh, that that's not what the religious authorities want to hear. So yeah. they yeah. reject him. They say, this is just a, instead of, instead of being a trial, that's about looking for facts and evidence They're They already know the conclusion they want to get to, and they're just trying to figure out how to get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so with this statement, Jesus of course, in the Father's plan, knows that he's sealing his fate. Uh, But that's what he came to do. The most amazing part for me, though, is just how how I want to clear my name. I want to justify myself. I want to make sure people don't think unfair things about me or that I'm not mistreated. And I rise to my defense and, you know, I'm liable to say, you can't get away with that. And how dare you? And Jesus is silent before his accusers. He he doesn't need to justify himself before these people. Mm-hmm. Um, one, because of course it's the father's plan that he's going to the cross. Uh, it, it's the fulfillment of prophecy. And then also, I think really significantly because he knows who he is in in relationship with the Father, and he doesn't need their approval. He's never going to get it anyway, uh, mm-hmm. and so he's okay with them thinking unfair, unjust, unkind things about him. He's okay even in the Father's plan being taken advantage of and and mistreated, mm-hmm. uh, and and that's you know Jesus does that. Because it's part of the Father's plan of him enduring the judgment on our sin that we deserve 
Uh, and, and he is also setting a model for us in how we walk in the way of the cross that as it's just, man, it's just convicting again, going over this passage. Yeah. If I'm really grounded and secure in the father's love for me, there's so many things I can let go of. And, and I, I can be so much slower to have to defend myself or justify or explain or get people to see my version of things. Yeah. All right. Well, let's come back to that, um, Jeff, because we've got an application question that somebody asked for Cut for Time, and it's related to that. Um, but before we get to that, why don't you share what you had to cut for the sake of time? Oh, yeah. Right you know, there was there's just there's so much happening in this passage. And uh, it wasn't like a really huge thing that needed for time's sake to be cut. I just couldn't figure out how to make it fit in the flow. But a couple of commentators pointed out this great irony. Uh, one I, that we did talk about, that the, the people who are sitting in judgment are themselves bringing judgment on themselves. Uh, and, and Jesus ultimately will judge them. But secondly, this contrast between the, the guy who is the high priest, who's actually trying to pass judgment on the ultimate real high priest. Jesus is the high priest. He's the final priest. And here he is willingly being wrongly accused and condemned by this person who's, you know, sort of a fallen human corrupt image of a priest. And yet he endures it for, again, for, for our sake, for the sake of fulfilling the father's plan. But just that contrast, a, co a couple of people brought up so cool. Mm -hmm. Just like, oh, that's right. He, he's actually, it, it, it's so somebody even talked like the showdown between the high priests or whatever. Uh, yeah. You know, which are like, yeah, it's not quite that, but uh, the contrast between the high priest who really is serving and loving and caring for and shepherding God's people and the, the one who wears the robes and has the authority and is not really the high priest. Sure. Yeah, the broken one. Okay, that's yeah. great. Thanks, yeah. Jeff. Um, all right, so Jeff, we did have a question submitted for cover time. This idea of the way of the cross, we're studying the way that Jesus walked, and we're also wanting to apply this idea of the way of the cross to our life. Are we actually walking in the way of the cross as well? Are we living this way? And um, so if Jesus, as a part of the way of the cross, was saying staying silent before his accusers is that example descriptive or prescriptive for us in our lives um yes like we could be very secure in our relationship with god and who we are that we may not feel that we need to always justify ourselves for others but what if there are false accusations against us that like we do really want to speak up for ourselves or we want to defend ourselves. When is it right? When should we stay silent? Um, mm. Mm. And like, when should we not speak up for ourselves? If that makes yeah. sense. Huh. That's, that's a great question. I'm really encouraged that somebody uh, could see ahead. I mean, could think through the, and I'm sure it wasn't just one person because I, that was in the back of my head as I'm preaching it too. Like I hope people, wrestle with that because that's really where the rubber meets the road. Right. Um, so man, there's, there's a lot to say there and I'll try and uh, boil it down. Um, one Jesus mission is at the same time, absolutely unique to him. Like 
he was called to do and endure things that we are not called to do. Like God is not calling us to literally go to a cross and sacrifice ourselves for the sake of the world. Uh, and, and so we recognize there's there's a limit to our imitation of Jesus and imitation in that sense of, you know, patterning. Yep, yep. Um, he, he's uniquely the savior and and he's not calling us to try and be and do everything that he did in that sense. And yet, you know, as I'm preaching, looking at this passage and preaching about it, I'm thinking back to what he's saying on the Sermon on the Mount about retaliation. And, you know, if someone slaps you on the cheek, turn the other one. And if someone takes your tunic, let him have your cloak too. And love your enemies and and pray for those who persecute you. And so I think there's there's obviously no easy short answer to this, right? Um, I, I think that, you know, there's one of the 10 commandments is about not bearing false witness against our neighbors right so if people are gossiping us gossiping about us slandering us harming us by maliciously spreading lies about us i don't think it's it's not wrong i don't think jesus would say well you know it just doesn't matter i mean no that itself is a violation of god's commandments so you know we have courts and legal systems that sometimes we have to appeal to, you know, maybe it is literally a case of slander or libel where someone is wrongly using the courts to like get us in trouble or somebody's lying about me at work and endangering, you know, me in the company and my relationships or somebody's spreading false information. Like if somebody accused me of having an affair, like I no, I mean, Jesus is not saying, well, you know, just turn the other cheek and no, I think what Jesus is concerned about is also, though, our motives in needing to clear our name. Like, there's a legitimate desire to want to clear my name if someone is, of course, wrongly saying, like, oh, you know, I heard Jeff's doing, you know, having an affair with someone. Look, well, no, I'm not. And, and that's wrong and it's harmful. And you've actually robbed me of something. Hmm. that should be mine, which is a good reputation and the trust of my wife, right? So I'm not wrong to set the record straight, but I'm also not going to do that angrily, vindictively. Um, and and most of the time, we're not dealing with things like that. Now, that does happen, of course. Um, mm -hmm. But a lot of the times, it's just like, oh, you know, somebody took what I said the wrong way, and and I need to I mean, we know what that's like, right? Like we don't like it, but then there can also be this part of we're in a disagreement with our spouse or with a friend or someone. And we just, you know, we really need to win. We need to make sure they see it my way. Yeah. And, and I think that's what Jesus is modeling for us. Like, um, I mean, Amelia and I had a situation, my wife, uh, when, when we bought a house in St. Louis, um, that the lady who sold the house to us really kind of misrepresented the condition that the house was in. I mean, she basically lied to us and took advantage of us. And we would have had a case to go to court and get damages from her about, well, she sold us the house saying it was, it had this many bathrooms, but one of them was installed illegally. So, you know, there, there, she should pay to have that made right. Right. And then we just, we, we prayed through that. And, and I, I'm not saying this is the answer for everyone, but we felt like, ah, oh, okay. Pastor and wife sue widowed lady uh, is not a great headline. You want to see in the local newspaper, right? Um, yeah. 
So we were angry. We were frustrated. We were wronged. And for us, again, not saying for everyone, but we just realized like maybe Jesus is calling us to absorb the cost and, and trust that she won't ultimately get away with it because Jesus knows and it's not going to ruin us. We're frustrated. We're hurt. We're wronged. We've legitimately been robbed of something, but Jesus wants to work in our hearts to, to process through that in a healthy way and, and then figure out what do we do with that? Mm-hmm. I, it wouldn't have been wrong. I don't think to, you know, pursue that legally, but we also recognized again, particularly in our circumstance, like being pastor of a local congregation, like, yeah, it's probably better to just not go down that road because Mm -hmm. it's going to work against the larger goals that we have of being good news in our community and reflecting well on Jesus life. Now, again, that's not an answer for everyone in every situation. Um, I, I think the challenge for me and maybe for most of us is recognizing I'm probably way more likely to want to rise to my defense and justify myself and answer back when I think people have misunderstood me or misrepresented me than I am to, you know, just sort of absorb it and let God be the ultimate judge. That's not the answer for everything. It's so it's, it's kind of descriptive of Jesus unique mission, but there is a prescriptiveness for us in that it's, it's a challenge I think for us on being willing to, love our enemies, pray for them, turn the other cheek, go the extra mile, as Jesus says. Uh, and that's good for us to wrestle with. Um, you, the, the questioner didn't bring this up explicitly, but I also, this so this is kind of an application in a cup for time. Um, there's the part in there where Jesus is literally abused by, by the, the priests and in the other gospel accounts, the, the soldiers, you know, they're spitting on him, they're mocking him, they're beating him. And that is not prescriptive for us. Uh, I, I, Jesus, I, I just, you know, I want to make it clear. Jesus, is, this is not a call to say submit to abuse and mistreatment. Yeah. Uh, especially, of course, this is not a relationship context. These are wicked people who are, you know, intent on harming him. Uh, but I just want to clarify that uh, pastorally, uh, as Christians, there's no call for us to feel like Jesus is asking us to stay in a relationship where we're being abused and harmed and threatened. Uh, Jesus is safe and he wants us to be safe. And, uh, and of course, this is not a, again, what, what Jesus is enduring here is at the hands of wicked people who intend him harm and not a relationship. But I just, I want to, you know, so maybe people weren't potentially connecting that dot, but I just want to, I just want to clarify that. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm glad you did. not not calling us to endure that kind of abuse in a relationship that is not Jesus heart. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we got to the same similar application with Joey and cover time last week because he was talking about absorbing pain um, versus uh, putting more pain out into the world or um, amplifying pain or anger or whatever and he also made the same clarification of like you're not supposed i'm not calling you to or jesus is not calling you to absorb um any anger or um uh, abuse that's directed in a harmful way towards you um 
And so anyways, it's good to make those the clarification of the way of the cross is hard. It's unsettling. It doesn't seem very appealing sometimes, right, to um, absorb people's pain and anger or to um, stay silent when um, or even just, yeah, I don't know to love your enemies like that is so difficult and then there becomes there comes a point where you're like oh don't go so far to like say that this justifies um you know staying in an abusive relationship or whatever so like I think it is good to set this like there is a boundary and that's healthy to say this is the way of the cross and this is not actually what God intended for us for flourishing yeah and um hopefully people that are hearing this would have uh, wise and godly friends, spouses, brothers and sisters in Christ, pastors, you know, Joey or I or anyone would be glad to, we would want to know and and talk and counsel through anyone going through any situation like that. Um, mm-hmm. So don't, don't suffer silently if any, if that's, if you're, you know, anywhere near that. Yeah. Uh, even, even if it's not abusive, but it's just a hard situation that you're living in, we'd love to hear that too and be able to pray with you and, and offer hopefully some pastoral wisdom on how you deal with that and what is appropriate. Yeah. Walk walk through that with them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. We appreciate that. Appreciate your time on Cut for Time. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Cut for Time. If you wish to submit questions to our pastors following their sermon, you can email them to podcast at faithliveitout.org or text them into our Faith Church texting number, and we'll do our best to cover it in the week's episode. If this conversation blessed you in any way, we encourage you to share it with others. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week.